3 and verse 12. You're not going to bother me if you keep praying. You're not going to bother me if you stand. Not going to bother me if you kneel. It's I came burdened today, tonight, and I have preached this to myself for two days. Wept over this, cried over this. Verse 12, there were certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs. This is Nebuchadnezzar's advisors talking to him. Thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought those men before the king. We know the story, so we're going to jump from verse 13 to verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then they came forth from the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was an hair of their heads singed. Neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them. The New Living Translation says, not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. We're going to talk to us tonight about the smell of smoke. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, God, we love you. God, we want your will to be done in this place tonight. God, we want you to move in a mighty way throughout this place. God, I pray for each and every individual under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that your will would be accomplished in each and every life, each and every family, each and every department of this church, each and every ministry in which this church is involved or facilitates. God, I pray that your will 
would be done in this place tonight. In this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you lift your voices together with me tonight? I love you, Jesus. God, I magnify your name. I give you praise and honor and glory tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You can be seated. You don't have to worry. The pulpit's not on fire. I just needed something to help get your attention. The smell of smoke. According to an article from the National Fire Protection Agency, every 24 seconds, I put it in test mode, don't worry. (laughs) Every 24 seconds, a fire department responds to a fire somewhere in the United States. Every 24 seconds. Once a minute, A fire occurs in a structure. Although fire's toll has declined steadily over the past two decades, fire continues to cause major losses. When people fear death by fire, and I know this is morbid and I'm trying to be sensitive tonight, they typically imagine hearing the cry of something being on fire while in a place that is crowded with strangers. Perhaps a theater, perhaps a restaurant, perhaps a concert venue. But of the 10 deadliest fires through 1999, only two were in such settings. It happened in Chicago in 1903 in the Iroquois Theater. And in the Coconut Grove Fire in Boston in 1942. Throughout history, big fires have more commonly engulfed cities or forests. Or have involved steamships, airplanes, and industrial settings such as mines or chemical plants. And those extensive fires have become less common. From 1900 to the year 1954, there were 44 fires with death tolls of 100 or more. But from 1955 to present, there have been five. One in Kentucky, Oklahoma City. Florida, the World Trade Center attack in a a club in Rhode Island. Today, unfortunately, most deaths caused by fire occur in a person's home or in a person's vehicle. Fire in the home. You see, home is the place where people feel the safest from fire. But it's actually the place where they are at the greatest risk. Approximately 80% of all United States fire deaths occur in the home. An average of seven people perish in home fires every day. According to the National Fire Protection Agency's latest reports, home fires and home fires, home fire deaths, pardon me, declined about 50% since 1980. However, 7.8 deaths per 1,000 reported home fires reflects a 10% increase since 1980. In other words, while the number of home fires and home fire deaths has significantly declined over the past few decades, the rate per 1,000 reported fires is actually higher. 
They say that today's homes burn faster than ever. Experts say you may have as little as two minutes or even less to safely escape a typical home fire from the time the smoke alarm sounds. I'm not trying to instill fire phobia tonight, but we need to understand that fire is something we have all been exposed to at some level. Following are some of the leading causes of home fires and the most common areas of concern. Cooking is by far the leading cause of home fires and injuries in the United States each year. It is the second leading cause of home fire deaths. Next is heating equipment. It is the second leading cause of home fires and the third leading cause of deaths in home fires. The most common heating-related fire deaths can be traced to something as simple as a space heater, including wood stoves. Electrical fires. Electricity is such a normal part of our daily lives that it is easy to overlook its power and its potential for fire-related hazards. Smoking materials. Lighted tobacco products. Almost always cigarettes are the leading cause of fatal fires in the home, causing an average of 560 deaths per year. Typically, it is abandoned or discarded smoking materials that ignite trash, that ignite mattresses and bedding or upholstered furniture. Perhaps a hot ember falls into a piece of furniture. Perhaps someone falls asleep in bed while smoking, and before they know it, they are engulfed in the flames. With the majority of fatal smoking-related fires starting in the bedroom, in the living room, the family room, or the den. Another common area where the most leading causes of home fires is lastly, wildfires. While all of this is astounding information and will likely cause you to check the batteries in your smoke detectors when you get home, and if they're beeping, you need to check it, especially before I come over. That's a pet peeve of mine, just in case you were wondering. I've been on the phone with people. I've had college lectures where the professor had a smoke detector in his house, needed a new battery. It drives me crazy. Change the battery. For safety and sanity. I understand that this is rather morbid information. And for that I do apologize. While all of this is astounding, it may drive you to create an escape plan with your family, which is all fine, it's all good. There is another aspect to fires that is of utmost importance to us tonight as people of the kingdom of God. In the letters of the Apostle Peter, we find him writing to believers who he says are scattered throughout the Roman provinces. In fact, in one place, in First Peter, he writes to the churches which are at Babylon. Well, Babylon was dead and gone. Babylon was wiped out. Babylon was no longer in existence. And so 
Many scholars believe that that was code language. He wasn't giving. If the letters were perchance uh, intercepted, he wasn't going to give any specific locations to where these believers met. Uh, They didn't want them to track down the believers. So that gives us an indication as to how bad the persecution was at that time. And with that in mind, we find Peter writing to encourage and to strengthen the believers across Asia Minor because of the suffering they were experiencing. One of the most easily recognized scriptures from these letters is found in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, which says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Think it not strange. He's literally saying, don't feel like you are people in a strange country. Don't feel like you're people who are lost and bewildered and, and people that, that, uh, that, that should not be happening to. Think it not strange. No doubt these Hebrew Christians felt uh, at first that this is not what I expected. This is not how it was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be persecuted. Was it supposed to be mistreated? This is supposed to be the kingdom of God. When I signed up to live for the Messiah, when I signed up and attached myself to him, I was not expecting a life of sorrow and persecution in the world. Another commentator says concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. He's describing it uh, with language that they understand that, that this trial is compared to fire. It is compared to something that is grievous, something that is painful, something that is detrimental to the human body, something that you just can't mess around with, something that you don't want to touch. And you can't be You can't touch it without being affected. It's going to affect you. And that's the way the trials were that Peter is writing to them about. Uh, He said, I know that it gets hot and I know that it gets heavy and I know that it's uncomfortable. uh, But I need you to understand that fire is to you uh, or the trial is to you uh, what the fire is to the metal and if the metal would just submit itself and surrender itself to the hand of the blacksmith the hand of the tool maker the hand of the weapon maker the hand of the jeweler the hand of the craftsman then the metal will come out looking stronger and not just looking but being stronger than it was before he said men of God women of God, you're going to make it through the fire. Going to make it. Luke 17, 1, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. I have come to preach to us tonight, not to where you are 
perhaps even tonight, but to where you have been. And maybe you are there tonight, and that's okay. You're in the right place at the right time. And, but where you have been and where you undoubtedly be in the future, ladies and gentlemen, it is inevitable and it is unavoidable that you and I will get hurt. We will, in fact, get burned. Life will throw us curveballs. People will offend us. We will feel as though our time has been wasted and our efforts unappreciated. We will be misunderstood. We will be talked about. We will be persecuted. Things that you have built may indeed even fall apart and fall to the ground. Those things, according to scripture, are bound to happen. Those are fiery trials that test the core of your spiritual and natural being. Some of the most dangerous fires that you may face may even come from within your own home. Quite aware. Tonight that I'm preaching to a congregation who does indeed know the feeling of the flame and the heat of fiery trials. Yet, here you are. You face down giants. You made it. We've eliminated giants. And we're here. You've suffered heartbreak. But you're here. You've suffered attacks. Yet here you are. You've suffered setbacks. You've suffered persecution. Yet on this very cold January evening you are not at home cuddled up on the couch and or tucked away under the covers of thick heavy quilts staying warm but you're in the house of God why you're in the house of God because you're tough you're in the house of God because you got some grit you're in the house of God because you're strong you're in the house of God because you're believers you're in the house of God because you're faithful you're in the house of God because you want what God's got for you You're survivors, you're tough, you're territory takers, you're soul winners. I know you may not feel like it at the moment, so let me preach to where you're going to be. Let me preach to the bones with that. You're a child of God. You're called by his name. You're bought by his blood. You're made for his purpose. Set apart for his kingdom. I wish, I wish that I was able to stand here this evening and assure you that it would all be okay and that you have made it through the fire so everything's going to be all right. However, there is another aspect of fires that we must take note of 
this evening. According to the same article by the National Fire Protection Association, most fire deaths are not caused by burns. They're caused by the inhalation of smoke. And it is often the fact that smoke incapacitates folks so quickly that they are overcome and they cannot make it to an otherwise accessible exit. And as the fire begins to grow inside the building, it will often consume most of the available oxygen, slowing the burning process, but making it impossible to breathe. I wish I could just get a full breath of air. And then the danger becomes when the smoke starts puffing in around the door. And the the back of the door, the back of the door handle like they taught us at the safety, the fire safety village is hot. And and the smoke begins to puff. And you're not really sure what's going on. And you want to open the window. You want to open the door, but you can't open the door because even just a breath of oxygen into the room might make the whole thing explode. I come to preach to folks that are there. I come to preach to folks that feel like you can't even get a breath. I come to preach to folks tonight that have made it through the flame but are choking on the smoke. Anyone in the fire safety business or the fire department will tell you uh, that smoke is just as or more so dangerous uh, than the flames themselves. I wish Peter would have taken a moment uh, to say, I know it's a fiery trial, but don't just get away from the flame. You got to watch for the smoke. There are unburned particles in the smoke that'll that'll linger in the atmosphere, that'll light down here and there. They've got hot embers with them. They'll spark another fire. Ah, they're toxic vapors, fog-like droplets. There's toxic gases in there. And in addition to producing smoke, the fire can incapacitate or kill by just reducing the oxygen level, by consuming the oxygen and displacing it with other gases. I come to to somebody tonight who feels like you can't get your head above the water and you're wandering around through the fog of delirium and through the smoke of burn up dreams and hurt feelings I get it But I made it through the fire. But the smoke was killing me. 
Psalm 119. Verse 83. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. You talk about the archaeological findings of the Middle East, but I'll spare you the details. Some of the containers that they used were basically ceramic, clay, that had gone through the fire, they'd been hardened, and so on and so forth. They were not porous, but they weren't always very tough. Let me just tell you, you're going to have to be tough to make it through life. And there's another, what the psalmist David is talking about right here in Psalm 119, the longest chapter in, in, in the Bible. Become like a bottle in the smoke. I believe the word is nadar, N-A-D-A-R. It's a wine skin. It's made out of leather, animal leather, animal skins that would hold the liquid within, but it was also very, very tough. I'm talking tough enough that could be dropped off of a camel's back and the camel could step on it and it would not burst asunder. It would not see any kind of deficiency or any kind of damage. I'm preaching to some folks tonight that have that kind of toughness. That kind of toughness. Thrown down, stepped on, walked on, so on and so forth. But all the time, you've not lost what's inside of you. But herein is the problem. When those wineskins were hung in the tent, the owner of the wineskin had to be very careful that the tent had enough ventilation because oftentimes they would build the fire inside the tent and the smoke would rise. And the psalmist is telling us today and making us think and making us research that the smoke would go up and it would warm that wineskin And that wineskin, Brother Stender, would expand. And the pores on the wineskin would open. And the smoke would get inside the wineskin. And when the wineskin was removed and the the wineskin shrank back down, the smoke had ruined the wine inside. Did it break? No, it didn't break. Did it survive the fire? You better believe it survived the fire. But it, what it couldn't survive was the smoke. Preaching. Christian Life Tabernacle tonight. It's not enough to survive the flames. 
Job described himself in the same manner in Job 30 and verse 30. He said, my skin is black upon me like he had been hung in the smoke. My bones are burned with heat. Preaching to people tonight. And I know because I've been there. That the smoke is disoriented. And your eyes burn. And you cry, but the burning doesn't go away. Every time you try to get into prayer, and every time, you, this is why I didn't preach this this morning, because everybody needed to hear this tonight. Every time you try to pray, it feels like you're being choked out and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to solve it and you don't know how to get over it or to get through it. Let me remind you what the psalmist said, yet do I not forget thy statutes. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Let me tell you what I had to do. I had to turn on some preaching. I had to say, okay, I need somebody else to preach to me right now. I've been preaching and I've been trying to preach and I'm sorry. It's not been up to par. I, I, I just, this is a plain old fact. It's not been up to par. I hadn't felt like preaching. I hadn't felt, I hadn't felt unctions and direction like I want to and like I know I should. But I needed somebody to preach to me and I had to start preaching to myself. I had to preach my way out of the fog. I got to preach my God. I felt it Wednesday night. I walked into service in a fog and in a daze. And by the time it was time for preaching, I felt the fog lift. But then it tried to settle back down on me. And yesterday in my office, I was praying and I was preaching and I had to preach myself out of the fog again. I come to let you know the flames didn't get you, but neither will the smoke. I heard a story of a man whose name slips my mind at the moment. He pastored in New York City several years ago. To my understanding, he's still there. Building a thriving, not just building, had built a thriving, growing, apostolic Pentecostal church. It was almost like a the way it was described to me, it was almost like a, 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 a living, breathing entity all on its own. It was just, just taking territory and just consuming everything in its path for the kingdom of God. Until a leader got sideways. And split that church of a thousand people down to 500 He said, well, big deal. He still had 500 people, but he had bills for 1,000. And there was 500 people that walked out that he had invested in, that he had prayed for, that he had discipled, that he had preached to, ripped his guts out. And he's at the church one day, and he's praying, and he's crying. He's hurt, 
rightfully so. The fact of the matter is, folks, the more you care, the more you're going to get hurt. But don't give in to the idea that I'm just not going to care anymore. This man was at the church and he's praying and God, why? God, this, God, that. And he said that it was like God shook him. And he said, Brother Isaiah, how many people are in New York City? He said, well, I don't know, God, millions. He said, go win more. So what did he do? He went evangelizing. He went soul winning. Daniel 3. The king's commandment was urgent. The furnace was exceeding hot. The flames of the fire slew those men. Fire that killed others didn't kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood the test. They stood through it. And we know the story. The king is standing at some, some place where he could see down into the furnace. It's seven times hotter than it's ever been before. His mightiest of men have thrown these three, we call them three Hebrew children, probably three Hebrew teenagers, young adults, into this furnace. He sees four. He said, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. He calls down in there, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out. Come here. And as they exit this fiery furnace, the flames didn't kill them. Some of you are here tonight and you have gone through situations even in the last year or even in the last six months that could have killed you, that should have killed you, but did not. The problem is, the smoke is still clinging to you. The smoke is still hanging around. And if you don't get your mind wiped of the smoke, the smoke will do what the flames could not. But when the three Hebrew young men are standing there before the king and before his rulers... They're looking at him. They say, my goodness, I don't smell the smell of burnt hair. None of their clothes are burnt. The ropes are gone, but their clothes aren't. How does that work? Uh, the ropes and the bindings are gone, but their hair is not gone. Uh, we see that, that it killed the others, but them it did not kill. And in fact, King, shut that furnace down. I don't even smell the smoke. come to preach to Christian life tabernacle tonight some of God's best people some of God's most faithful
And I mean that from the depths of my being. You've made it through the fire. And we're not going to die by the smoke. We're not going to let the smoke get into our vessel and ruin the spirit that is within us. We need to make sure that we don't let the residue of the trial, the residue of the situation, contaminate the treasure in our earthen vessels. Have we been hurt? Yes. But we're not going to give in to a wounded spirit. You hear me? We are not wounded. We are not wounded. We are more than conquerors. We're going to pour it out at the altar. We're going to remember his statutes. And we're going to go win more souls. Do you hear me? I said we're pouring it out at the altar. And we're going to go reach a new family. I don't say this to be callous, but how many people are in Huntington? Yeah. 18,000? What are four? What are eight? How many are in our city right now? Praying for what we had. Some of us went through the fire before we ever came to God. You're like, man, I, I, I want to live for God. We can stand. I'm, I'm poured out. You think, man, I could live for God if I could just get past this. It's the smoke. It's clinging. To the vessel. Holding the wine. Believe God wants a people who offer a sweet smelling savor. There really is power in your praise, there really is power in your worship, there really is power in your prayer. It is a sweet-smelling savor that wafts its way up to heaven. And you get the prayer thick enough. You get the praise thick enough. You get the worship thick enough. You don't smell the smoke anymore. I heard the testimony of a man. He was preaching a conference and he pulled a woman out of the crowd who had gone to his church, but had, I think she moved with her grandkids or something. And he said, you guys all know sister so-and-so as the one who provides concessions at camp, and youth camps. And she's the one who's in charge of the kitchen. She's the one who's making sure all these kids have all the treats and all the goodies and everything they want. And, and you just see her with a smile on her face and, and you see her just bubbling over. She's everybody's grandmama. He said, but what you don't know about sister so-and-so is that her and her husband had built a very successful business. Fine house, fine vehicles, fine clothing, 
could do whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it were givers were faithful their family was blessed he said but to no fault of their own somebody messed up their reputation was ruined their business was ruined finances were ruined and they lost it all he said but sister so and so and her husband brother so and so they made it through that he said but then her husband started building over rebuilding the business rebuilding his name and his reputation and God was with them and and they started being blessed abundantly again he said but there was a spirit of fear that came over her to the point where she didn't want to leave her house he said honey let's go eat and she literally could not get out of the car what if we don't have the money what if this what if they said honey I got it. We've got it. It's fine. No, but you don't understand. What if this? What if that? What if, what if the, we get home and the lights aren't on? Because that's where they had been. That's what they had lived through. They made it. Yeah. He said one night, he is the pastor. He said this was going on for a very long time to the point where he thought he was going to lose this faithful woman of God. He said one night, he's lying in bed and he wakes up afraid, panicking. He gets out of bed and he prays. He paces in the house. He said it was so bad that he went to his nightstand. He grabbed a pistol and he's walking the perimeter of his home and he's praying for God's protection. He's praying. He said, God, what is this? What am I feeling? Why, why is this going on? God, what is going on? Please show me what's going on. He said, I'm letting you feel what sister so-and-so's feeling. Nothing's wrong. But it's a spiritual attack that's trying to cling on to her. He said, and I needed you to be able to feel it so then I could tell you how to fight it. And now that woman's back at the campground. She's back with the kids. She's, it broke. I'm going to tell you, we haven't made it through the fire to die in the smoke. We refuse the numbness. I'm going to say that again. I refuse the numbness. If I don't feel, I won't get hurt. Well, if I don't feel so I don't get hurt, then I can't feel to feel his presence. That's not cliche. I'm telling you, if you don't feel because you don't want to get hurt, then you cannot feel his presence. It's not God's will 
for your life. I come to preach to somebody today, not just to pull you out of the fire, but I come tonight to pull you out of the smoke. I came tonight to wipe away the residue. We're headed. This is a new year. This is a new moment. It's time to win souls. It's time. We're, We're rising above. We are rising above. I believe I'm preaching to a group of people tonight. God doesn't want the smoke on you. God doesn't want the smell of smoke on you. Let's make our 